Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Shaleen, this is Brett Shuford, a.k.a. the Broadway Life Coach, and I am so inspired by the last podcast I listened to you where you talked about being authentic and how you spoke openly about your Christian faith and your acceptance of LGBTQ community. I am a member of that LGBTQ community. My husband and I have a brand, Broadway Husbands, and of course, my entrepreneurial life as the Broadway Life Coach, and I listen to your podcast every week and get so much information, inspiration. You've helped me learn how to clarify my vision, clarify my goals and my tribe. And you just made me feel even more welcome into your community. I'm so grateful to have found you. I found you through Sean Cannell. So much I want to say to you, but I just want to say thank you for your podcast and thank you for including people like me into your community. So much love. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son Brock and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. This is an episode you definitely want to check out part one and part two if, and I hope you are, considering starting a podcast or if, in fact, you already have your own podcast, this is a must listen. I've been podcasting since 2014 and I still even just before this interview, I do my best to stay abreast of whatever it takes to get my podcast out there, to promote it, to get on other people's shows, to use it to build my email list. Even still, today, this interview with my friend Paul Culligan blew my mind. Like, There's so many things I didn't know. So this is incredibly valuable, and part two is incredibly valuable. Now, if you don't know Paul Culligan, he is kind of like the go-to expert when it comes to well, basically all things podcasting, but in my mind, especially how to stay ahead of the promotion piece of it. Like podcasting, if you're really strategic about this, it is an incredible tool. Paul is also the author of The Podcast Report. You can find links to his website below this episode. He is a well-known speaker. I've known him for many years. In fact, we've spoken together on several panels. And he is the author of 11 books, including eight Amazon bestsellers. And whenever I have him on my show, he knows the prerequisite is, Paul, bring me stuff that I can't Google and easily find out. Bring me the stuff that other people just don't know about podcasting. And he never disappoints. Paul, I am always so excited for this opportunity for personal reasons and also because it's going to serve so many people in the audience. So thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's talk about seasons. That's something I see a lot of podcasters doing. They'll say, you know, this is season one, season two, especially some of the bigger, well-funded, well-backed 
podcasting groups. I'll see that they'll release, you know, seasons. What is the strategy behind that? Is that something the individual podcaster should consider doing? Yes, absolutely. Really? Podcasting is weird because in one way it is everything new and in some ways it is nothing new. Okay. And this is really important because your audience wants to know what's coming next. My favorite podcast on the planet is a show called Back to Work. And it's two guys, Merlin Mann, Dan Benjamin. They're both my age. Merlin Mann was an old productivity blogger. And they do this show about the balance of work and life and fun and entertainment and productivity and nerd stuff. It's a very specific audience, but I am dab smack in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And my week is based around like like literally Tuesday, I don't leave the studio early because I want to listen to back the work mm. on the way home. Mm -hmm. And they've got a commercial situation and they've got a production where they do it every week. But like, that's part of my life. Yeah. But let me tell you something less high and mighty that's part of my life as well. I'm a big Walking Dead fan. Mm. I love me my zombie TV shows. Okay. And I understand that they can't give me 52 weeks a year of my zombie TV show. Yeah. But- you know, they'll go halfway through the season. They go, the next episode is September 12th. Great. I have to wait until September 12th. I get that. Hmm. I understand that. We can do the same with our audience. If you want to do a weekly show when you don't have 52 things to say, take the summer off. Mm. In season one, you know, on June, I'm just making up numbers here, but sure. in season one on June 5 and say, we'll be back on September 8th. Hmm. But if your audience knows that seasons, we know that we think about that. What do I do if I'm 400 episodes in and I decide to take a break? Would I say, well, there's the end of season one with 400 plus episodes. What a fun story. Our mutual friend, JJ Virgin, she's yes. a client of ours. JJ just launched season two after like 340 episodes. Wow. See, okay. we make our own rules. We don't have to do anything. How does that benefit her or how would that benefit me? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, is it just to signify a break? Well, one thing is it can be a fresh start. Mm. One really cool thing is that if you have always done your show a certain way and you've always wanted to kind of change it, great. Close up season one, start season two with the new way. Oh, I love you know? this. And then also thematically, you can deal with things. You know, season one could be about topic A. Season two could be about topic B. Season three could be about topic C, you know, and then build these seasons out. And the great thing is, is season one could have six episodes, season two could have 27, season three could have 400 for all I care. But we think about seasons, we think about episodes, we think about repetition. And if we can give that to our audience, then they know what to expect. And they like that. When these top podcasts take a break between seasons, I'm always thinking to myself, oh my gosh, they're losing so much money. They're losing sponsorship dollars. They're losing subscribers. Am I right? Like if there's nothing being produced and there's no downloads, it's like you're out of sight, out of mind. You're out of sight, out of mind. But my second favorite podcast right now is Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Mm -hmm. oh, have you listened to this? Top thing? ranked. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What a show. And, and the thing I love about him is, yes, there's all the money and yes, there's all the production. And yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. But mm -hmm. if you listen to that show, you will realize that he's having more fun mm. than any other podcaster out there. And that's a yeah. big, important take home for all of us. But yeah. Malcolm, I subscribe to the show. I don't know when it's coming back. He doesn't even necessarily announce when it's coming back. But I'll tell you, when I get in my car and it pops up, they just started a new season. You know, it pops up. Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah. I stay subscribed. Yeah. Would you go kind of, Shaleen, 
he hadn't published a new episode for 19 months. Mm. Okay, 19 months, a new episode. We just threw a new episode in the feed just to see if there was anything left in the, you know, in the feed. Mm-hmm. Overnight, he had 4,000 downloads. Wow, that's crazy. So, so it's okay. I would recommend, you know, I mean, Malcolm, if you're listening, you know, let us know when the next season starts, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe even, and boy, for you marketers, you know, text XYZ to XYZ if you want to be alerted when the new season starts. I mean, that's a great opt-in gift that you can give to your clients. But no, no, it's not a big deal at all. And the thing is, they can't, I mean, they spend so much time and so much money producing these shows that they can't do 52 a year. And the only difference between, you know, them and a lot of internet marketers is they're just honest about it. A lot yeah. of internet marketers shows every week that should not be producing shows mm. every week. And it's okay to take some time off. You just dropped a really important <laughs> nugget there about suggesting that podcasters stay in touch with their audience by offering a text number because, you know, 90, I don't know actually if that's an accurate number, but the majority of people are listening to a podcast on a digital device from which they can receive messages or text messages. And because for so many people who are using a podcast to stay in touch with their audience, to build an email list, to build a tribe, this is such a great, simple, easy, fun way to stay connected with them. And I want people to, to understand exactly what we're talking about. You, in fact, have the tips for this episode and people can actually experience this. So I think this seems like the perfect time to drop that phone number if you can. Why not? And we'll put this in the show notes as well. And you'll tell everybody where to get the show notes. Yep. But if you text Shaleen, to 503-966-8066. That's 503-966-8066. We will text you not only the notes from this episode, but you'll get a PDF of the podcast influence cycle stack and a couple other things that we'll be chatting about as well. And um, yeah, it's a great way to communicate because when you're on the jog, you know, when you're in the car, you're not necessarily wanting to go over all this stuff. And not right. everybody will text Shaleen to mm-hmm. 503-966-8066. But those mm-hmm. who do want the stuff. Yeah. And it's a good way to tell how impactful your podcast is. Like yeah. if you release an episode and you have this amazing thing and you give a giveaway that's a home study course and there's 25,000 downloads and only two people typed in to get the free PDF – you're not connecting with your audience. Right. So it's also a very good tool to figure out what's next. And then the other thing that's funny is, you know, us internet marketing types, you know, we love to debate, is it Instagram versus Facebook? Is it Twitter versus, you know, whatever, TikTok? Here's the thing. <laughs> the world's largest social network is the phone network. Yeah. Everybody who's listening to this has access to 503-966-8066. Everybody who's listening to this knows how that works. So an international person can also text that number? Yep. Okay, that's super cool. That's really a brilliant idea. Can you give us an idea of what that would cost per, I mean, is it like a penny? Is it expensive? First of all, there's a lot of ways to do this. I'll tell you what I'll do, full disclosure. Mm -hmm. There's a company called Sales Message. Okay. S-A-L-E-S-M-S-G. It's a really interesting company. It's basically to give you sort of a virtual texting number so that you can share the love of who gets to answer the text messages, mm-hmm. you know, if you will. Because unfortunately, if you give out your own phone, you know, now you're the one. And if you want a day off, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, yeah. when in March of next year, when somebody hears this episode for the first time and they want to get a copy of the PDF and no. I'm in Kauai, no. you know, I don't want to do this so I can hand this over to somebody else. Now, Sales message, and there are a lot of companies like this, but sales message has complete automation with a company called Zapier. Mm -hmm, Sure. And I literally have a zap that says if they type in this word, 
send them this message. If they type in this word, send them this message. If they type this word, send them this message. And then what's great, and you talked about the international thing, and then I have a thing in there where if it didn't match any of them, mm-hmm. or it's a weird number, mm-hmm. alert my assistant. And then my assistant figures out what it is. So if someone does type in from Germany, it'll be a weird number. And they'll go, oh, you're from Germany. You know, let me email it to you or that kind of thing. Ah, and I see. It's, you know, half manual, half automated, which is sometimes the way we have to do things. Sounds like the majority yes. of it is automated. Oh, absolutely. There were a number of people, a big internet marketer mentioned that I was doing some podcasting stuff and a bunch of people were trying to figure out a phone number to get a hold of me. And in one day, a whole bunch of people found this text number and they actually found it on your page associated with this episode. Oh, really? And we got a whole bunch of texts that were, hey, Paul, I found you on Shaleen's page. I don't know if this works or not, but I need X, Y, and Z. Oh, that's so cool. But you ask sales messages like 30 bucks a month or something like that and Zapier, you could do it on a free account. That's great. So there's no reason why you shouldn't just be a little bit more strategic about releasing these episodes. When someone approaches me and says, I want to do a podcast, my first question is always, okay, cool. Why? What's the goal behind it? Right. You know, so I think that's an important question for people to answer. If my answer to that question is because... I want to sell more product. I want to grow my email list. I want to grow my following. I don't have any followers. I don't have any email lists. And I think that podcasting is a way for me to reach more people. How do you respond to that? It is a way. The question, is it the way? Mm. We have a thing. And you know what? I'm going to make a note to myself here and we'll add this to the stack. Oh, we have a thing called the four M's. And the four M's this. The first M is message. What's your message? Mm -hmm. Second M is what's your market? Mm. Third M is how are you going to make money? Mm. Fourth M is what's your media? What do you mean by that? Well, in some cases, podcasting makes a lot of sense. My dear mother to this day still believes that she can't listen to a podcast because she doesn't have an apple, (laughs) you know? And so if I'm trying to reach my mom, podcasting would not be the ideal medium. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, in her particular case, it would be probably books at Amazon for her to order. I see. So the thing is, is if you're looking at all of these options, you know, just podcasting is cool and exciting, but there, there is the noise and there is the competition. If you don't know what you're doing, maybe a book makes more sense. Maybe a YouTube channel makes more sense. You and I are doing an event at Vid Summit talking about, you know, when do you do video? When do you do podcasting? Mm-hmm. But you can only decide what the medium is when you understand your market and when you understand your message and then when you understand how you're going to monetize it. Yeah. And so podcasting might make sense, but, you know, asking if podcast makes sense for me is like, you know, is steak a good choice for dinner? In some cases it is. In some cases it's not. You know, it just depends on who you are. Right. And you got to work through that right. yourself. How important is it to, let's say you are new to the game or you're not, you've had an existing podcast, but man, you've been stuck at the same number of downloads for, for months and months. How helpful is it to get on other more popular podcast shows? <laughs> Wait, didn't you do an episode about this just a couple of weeks ago, actually? Yes. Yeah. In fact, you're featured on, I'll, I'll link to that in our show notes. I heard from people who said that one episode, I learned more in that than I did courses that I yeah. invested in trying to figure out how to get myself on other podcasts. So yeah, I do think there's a, a way to pitch, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on like how much time should I spend in terms of building awareness about my podcast? What percentage of that should involve getting on other popular podcasts as a guest? It is a great, great strategy if you truly have something to offer to that audience. 
let's pull back the mm-hmm. curtain of our first episode together. You know, you said, okay, Paul, you have all the hacks. I want you to give me an episode of the hacks that they haven't heard anywhere else because you mm-hmm. care enough about mm-hmm. your audience to ask for that question. So I had to sit down yeah. and I had to outline what are hacks that I haven't given to anybody else. That was fun. an episode where we did that and it was really well rated and we both did well because your, your thing was, I'm going to serve my audience and I'm not going to do an episode unless it does. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, you brought it, man. You, I said, I want the kind of stuff that if someone sits down to do a Google search, they won't right. find this. I want the insider <laughs> stuff. And you're yeah. like, okay, I've been yeah, challenged. Exactly. Let's but, do but, it. But, but that whole process was there. If you were to just say, yeah, Paul, I got this show and I like to interview fascinating people. And if you want to come on, please do. Like if you were to say mm-hmm. that, I would, there'd be no reason for me to join your show because a show where I interview interesting people, if you want to come on, please do. Like there's nothing there. There's no substance. That's sort of like, if you want to come by and eat one of my mm-hmm. Snickers bars, you can, you, you know, there's nothing yeah. there. And so if there's someone who has your audience that you can truly serve through being on another podcast, then make that connection. That's a great way to do that. You know, mm-hmm. if there's somebody that has your audience involves being on their stage, then do that. Podcasting's neat and there's less effort than me flying down to hang out with you or something like that. So there's some easy use here. But if you can serve, and the great thing was you and I were chatting actually about that Vid Summit event. You said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Can you give me a couple mm-hmm. of minutes? You know, and you gave me exactly how much time. You gave me exactly how it should sound like. You know, and you sent it to me and we served the audience. And if you can get on a show mm-hmm. that has your audience and you can serve them. And here's the great thing. It was a great episode for you, you know, and you brought on some of your friends mm-hmm. and and you shared the love. And so you served your audience, but yep. we also kind of served you by giving you in sort of a week off. And, sure, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's a give, give kind of situation. And it's a really, really powerful way to do it. So I love the model if it makes sense. You know, but I get mm, random yeah. emails from people all the time. Like, oh, I'd be really good on your show. Why? Well, I'm a good interview. About what? Well, stuff that your audience cares about. Like what? <laughs> you know, and those all go in spam can. I really don't read those anymore at all. And we'll link to that episode. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great model if it makes sense, if it's done in service. What are these Apple and Google oh, links? And and how does that make it Apple easier for people? Apple and Google have been crazy lately. Do you know... And you might not even, and this is how insane it is. Do you know that there is a page for every single one of your podcast episodes at apple.com right now? No, did you know I did that not. on every single page for every single one and across your two shows, how many episodes do you have right now? Gosh, between the yeah. two of them, um, let's see, probably close to like 700. Exactly. Maybe? 700 yeah. pages at apple.com with play buttons Jeez. for your show. Wow. And by the way, SEO, a link from Apple's really cool. Okay. And mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. can have a play button with your podcast episode, with your show notes, with your clickable links. How crazy is that? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. You know, Apple's doing that. Google's doing that as well. Okay. So what do we need to know about these two companies that are doing it? These two platforms, I should say. Well, more are going to be coming, but I'll tell you right now, I really like the idea that there's links to my websites from Apple and there's links to my websites from Google. I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, now the other cool thing is all those show notes are now searchable outside of the podcasting engines. Check this out. Yes. If you type in a topic, 
you add the word podcast, at least at the time of this recording, and Google's been testing a lot of things, and this might change, but is the day of this recording, if you type in a word and you type in the word podcast after that, it will give you podcast episodes related to that topic before it gives you YouTube videos. Huge. Right in Google. And this is Google Huge. on the desktop. This is Google on the phone. This is Google on everywhere. So we used to have to say, to listen to my show, go and subscribe. Now we can say, just search for the term. And check this out. Google has wow. said out loud at events that if they can ever get to a point to where podcasts give better answers than Google results, well, they'll put them first. And we can go to our devices. We can go to our phones. How will they know that? I mean, unless your transcript Google is trans attached. Well, remember, Google has that whole voice to text thing. And mm -hmm, by the way, we're mm -hmm. not talking the text. We're actually talking playing the results. You can go to your Android phone right now and you could say, hey, name of company, because I have one here that'll go off if we have to. And mm -hmm. um, Google is fine with responding with podcast episodes if it's the best content. So imagine from a health standpoint, you know, how much vitamin C should I take? Should we be optimizing an episode for how much vitamin C should I take? What do I need to know about apple cider vinegar? You know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of episodes that could pop up on our devices, on our television sets, in our cars, completely independent of the podcasting world because Apple and Google are spending all this time indexing all this stuff. It's crazy. Now, I'm a podcaster. Is this yeah. done automatically for me or do I have to apply for Google done Play? Automatically. And by the way, it's funny. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about this a little bit later, but Google Play's last year. <laughs> it's now just straight Google. You don't want to be in the Google Play directory yeah. anymore. You don't want to be in the Google directory anymore. But Paul, do they have a Google Play group at Google and a regular Google group? Yes, they do. And it's a mess and you need somebody to stay Seriously. in front of it. Well, help me out. What do, what do we well, need right to know? Now, as of today, at the time of this recording, Google is now just indexing our podcasts by default. By default. So we don't have to submit them just happening yep. by default. They're picking it up from where? From Apple? Where are they picking like, up? Yeah. The, and, well, and also your website feed. links to it. And this mm -hmm. is Google. They spider the internet. So we don't have to do anything. This is already happening on our behalf, if I'm hearing you correctly. But the takeaway is make better use <laughs> yes. of it. Perhaps more expanded yep. show notes. How else can we take advantage Start of it? to think really, really strategically. Now, YouTube has been doing this for a long time. If you have an episode about, you know, the best artichoke dip recipe, and I have YouTube okay. about the best artichoke dip recipe. Nobody knows which one's better. What Google does is Google watches. Hmm. They listen to hers for four more minutes than they listen to Paul's. So they put your video first. Same thing with podcasts. Google is tracking how far someone listens into a podcast. Apple is tracking how far someone listens into a podcast. So if you don't get to the point quickly, and by the way, it goes back to the whole service thing. Here's the cool thing. If you do this right, you're going to score better. You've listened to the podcasts that take like 30 minutes to get to the point. They're not going to come mm -hmm. from search, you know? Yeah. And so if you truly serve, you truly tell them what you're going to do, get it to them quickly, do it well without wasting their time, you're going to get higher scores. And so if you search Google and you search a topic that you're associated with and you type in the word podcast and Google has other podcasts, that means, and don't tell them, mm. they're doing a better job than you right now. So mm. great. Listen to them. Learn from them. Does that mean necessarily that they're doing a better job with their content or perhaps are they doing a better job with their show notes and descriptors and titles, et cetera? I'm studying these things right now. And this is why I might have to come back next year. Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers for you <laughs> right now. And we've spent a lot of time on this. We cannot find the patterns yet. And I got to believe, hmm. you know, the, the only thing that I and, and we can search keywords and we can search descriptors and meta tags and all that good stuff. The only thing I don't know is the quality score.
And I know that Google attaches quality score to video on YouTube. So why wouldn't they attach quality score to audio on podcasting? So that's yeah. my guess. And the thing is, even if that isn't it right now, that's where it's going to come because that's the future. You know, okay. They want to bring the stuff that's most likely to keep the audience. So here's what we do. We produce stuff that's most likely to keep the audience. Eventually, Google will catch up and we'll be at a good place. Tell me about the changes that you see happening to directories and some really perhaps important things to keep in mind when we're selecting directories and even subdirectories. Oh boy, oh boy. So, so a couple things. This one's funny. YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know how they make money? Do you know where 70% of all YouTube videos come from? Uh, views, I'm sorry. 70% of all views at YouTube. I, I have no idea. Comes from the, if you like this video, you'll like this video. Oh, sure. Okay. And, Google, mm -hmm. and, and they've announced that. But the thing is, 70%. What this means, if you deconstruct this, this means that YouTube makes money by selling your audience to your competition. That's right. Now, how does Instagram make money? By selling your audience to your competition. How does Facebook make money? Mm -hmm. By selling your audience to your competition. How does Apple Podcasts make money? By selling iPhones. Ah. It's very different. You just threw that curveball at us. It's very different. Apple, they make the better the podcasting experience Apple has, the better chance that they're going to use their phones more and upgrade and do that cycle that makes Apple all that money. Mm, okay. iOS 13, which just came out like two weeks ago, the podcast app mm -hmm. is on the front page. You get a new iPhone 11, the podcast app is on the front page. Mm. And Apple doesn't make their money by selling your audience off to someone else. You'd think they get better at, they would improve their app They're, then. It's getting there. It's, it's, it, yeah, well, well, let's chat about that. One thing that they have, and this is mind-blowing to me, I, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. Do you know that some podcasts right now are transcribed and you can search every word that was said in a podcast and have that found? I have a client who has an episode where 45 minutes into the episode, I'm sorry, it's a 45 minute episode, 24 minutes into the episode, the person that she was interviewing mentioned that they met in Kentucky. Okay. The word Kentucky mm -hmm. is in the podcast once. Okay. And if you type in that client's name and the word Kentucky, that episode pops up first in search. And that is because their transcript is on their website. No, their transcript is because Apple server somewhere took Siri and transcribed the podcast behind the scenes. Wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? And we, we can't find the pattern to who's gotten transcribed. We know who has been transcribed and who hasn't. So not all. So like, I, I can't just type in some words that I know specifically. I've only mentioned in one podcast, type in the word Shalene, those key terms and the word podcast. I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to see those C results. Correct. We don't know the system by which or the algorithm by which those podcasts are selected. But can I improve my chances by just making certain every one of my transcripts are at least on my website on the page for that particular That'll episode? That'll help with Google, but that won't necessarily help with Apple right now, best we can tell. But the thing is, they're going to turn it on soon for everyone. Mm -hmm. They can't go, this person gets it, but this person doesn't. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to get it. And it's Siri. They have it built in. Like, it's not that complicated. Yeah. That's the great thing about all this. So if your transcript isn't there right now, it's going to be soon. And believe mm -hmm. me, I, I mean, just lawsuits. You know, imagine if your number one competition was, you know, totally transcribed in iTunes, but you weren't. You've got a beef to make with Apple. And so. Really? Do I? I think so. I think so. Huh. I think Apple will. I think within six months, all podcasts will be transcribed. 
I don't think all things have to be fair. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, things that Apple does that favor one podcast over another, that's, you know, pretty obvious to see when you log into your podcast app and you just search, you know, featured content or featured shows, favorite, you know, top 10 of the year, those kinds of things. And and maybe you have some insight there. I mean, it seems to me that the bigger brands are the ones that are often featured. I don't see too many independents featured as often. Is there something to partnering with an established podcasting brand like a Gimlet Media, say, for example? Well, here's the thing. Do you know the difference between Gimlet Media and the independents? No, I actually Gimlet don't. Gimlet has someone who tells Apple, hey, here's an episode that you might want to feature. Okay. How about this? When people text Shaleen to 503-966-8066, mm-hmm. I will include an article yep. on exactly what Apple is looking for in podcast promotion. Nice. All right. Make sure y'all spell my name correctly. There is no R. <laughs> um, we're working with an independent right now, and it should end up this week and giving absolutely everything that Apple wants in promotion, and it will happen. We've gotten independents promoted. Mm-hmm. and. Our success rate is very high, and the ones that Apple said no to were kind of gambles, to be honest, anyway. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, right now, somebody at Gimlet or somebody at Podcast One or somebody in Joe Rogan's team, you know, he's got people whose full-time job is to tell Apple that, hey, by the way, we're doing this, and here's what's going to happen, and we go from there. But that Apple, you know, address to send these suggestions to is open up to everybody. Mm, that's great. And I've appeared on those a couple of times this year, and I'm always like, oh, wow. And it's exciting, but we found out by accident, didn't even know that yeah. we were you know, featured. So that's very interesting, and, and I appreciate you providing that link to us because that's going to be super helpful. But let's talk about directories yes. specifically. Yes. Like, what do we need to know? What mistakes are we making? And are there any like really cool things that people need to be aware of that will help them rank higher? Well, one of the things that you need to be really aware of right now that's really important is that there are new podcast directories popping up all the time, okay? Between Mm -hmm. the last time you and I chatted and today, Mm -hmm. Pandora popped up. Mm -hmm. You can get your podcast on Pandora now. Mm -hmm. More North Americans do Pandora every day than do podcasting. Wow. Okay, this is huge. And anyone who paid their podcast consultant last year to put them in all the directories didn't get into Pandora. Right. You know, last year you could get into Spotify if you did a lot of things. Now Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier, but now you can get an account at Spotify and you can actually find the demographic, what music your audience listens to the most now. Mm -hmm. If you set up with a different account than maybe you did last year inside of Spotify. So things are changing all the time. So number one, you need somebody on top of this stuff to find out things happen. Radio.com just launched a podcast directory. Radio.com. Deezer, there's a German podcasting company who I thought was a joke. And it's funny, I've got clients now who are seeing 5% of their audience coming from Deezer, D-E-E-Z-E-R. Like, who would have guessed that was a thing? Yeah. How do we keep up with this? How? how? Well, um, I'm a big fan of Libsyn. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the great things about Libsyn is there's real power in being a market leader. One of the things that happens is all these companies, you know, like they know that they want to work with everybody and they know that if they work with Libsyn, you'll be at a good place. And so Mm -hmm. 
Pandora, you know, first they launched with a hundred shows. I was, I was able to get in lucky enough and, and that was fun, but then they figured out all the bugs and then, you know, they opened it up to the whole world. So staying with a, an established host, there are a lot of little hosts out there who are just kind of hoping to cash in on the media scene. I would go with a host that is a really big name because there's just that power you get, you know, by, by being part of that group and then put someone on it and make sure that, you know, when those updates come from your host, make sure that somebody's reading them and that they don't go to that perpetual inbox, you know, and, and in some cases you might want to hire somebody to stay on top of this because the mm. stuff that changes goes out and because yeah. it will, I mean, that thing where you mentioned Google play now, the fact that it's straight Google, you know, I know people who are still yeah. optimizing their Google Play thing, and that's going to die at any point because nobody got the memo mm. that Google doesn't care about that point anymore. And this may be a loaded question, but that's something your company sure. does, correct? Yeah. And what is the advantage for someone who's like, oh, I can figure this out myself? And what are the disadvantages for that person who, especially entrepreneurs, right. were notorious for saying, oh, I'll save myself money by Googling this and figuring it out myself? I think you just said it. The only thing we don't have an infinite ability to create is time. It amazes me how, you know, there will be people who will not spend 99 cents to buy a TV show on iTunes without commercials and will subject themselves to 10 minutes of commercials by watching it on TV. Oh, you know, point. saying that so 10 minutes of their life is not worth 99 cents. Wow. You know what? I think you just... I've had that thought in my head and you're, you just called me out on it. I'll never bat an eyelash again to spend 99 cents. You're oh, right. Just, I never thought of it that you know, way. And that's the way it is. So, so how many hours do you have in the day? How much of it do you want to spend what you're doing? And if you truly have more time than money, then do figure it out yourself. But I'll tell you that that's kind of mm -hmm. a mindset that might get you into trouble. And, and, and that's, not, sure. that's not a pitch for the podcast partnership. That, that's just a way to go through life. You know, I would honestly say if you're debating between a podcast consultant and paying 99 cents for your, you know, TV shows, I'd say go with 99 mm -hmm. cents for the TV shows first because it'll kind of change your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, you just got to figure out at some point you want to know the who, not the how. Yeah. And the sooner you do that, the better off you're going to be. It's great advice. I couldn't agree more. Guys, check it out. In part two. Even if you're a new podcaster or you're even considering starting your own podcast, when you download part two of this topic, I'm going to start it off with my very best tip for any podcaster, whether you are someone who's been doing this for a long time or considering starting your own or launching your own. In part two, you will also hear everything you need to know about the new Apple categories. And I have to tell you, I was mind blown. Like, it's unbelievable to me that I spent so many months this year making a huge mistake, a huge mistake in our categories on iTunes categories. You'll also learn the top ways that podcasts are actually found, how important your titles are, especially with all of the new information that Paul shares with us on search engine optimization. You're also going to get some new and exciting tools that you can use in your podcast production that make it so much easier to create remote recordings as well as keep your content timeless. In case you didn't know it, not all podcast listeners are listening on Apple iTunes. There are so many up-and-coming directories, some of them far bigger than what you may realize. And if you haven't submitted your podcast to those new platforms, no one's going to find you. Like It's all about being an early settler 
and making certain that the people who are looking for your type of content, it's there on the platform that they're listening to. You're going to get that in part two, as well as how to kind of take care of your audience and the importance of making it easy for people to subscribe to your podcast, regardless of what type of phone they have. So if you haven't figured it out already, you definitely need to listen to part two. Check it out. It's already available to you right now. 